The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. Today we have Eric Ryder, as usual, our fine producer, and I have Suzanne Mitchell with me, my partner on the radio and in life. And that name, Mitchell, will stand out prominently today, as you will see very shortly. We're going to be talking with a Trip Talk favorite and a department head of American Road Magazine, none other than Erica Nelson, who will lend her expertise as we visit Mitchell, South Dakota. We'll start our tour right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Have you ever wanted to know what the weather will be for your next road trip? Drive Weather is a new app that shows the forecast for your route. It's incredibly simple to use and it's available on Apple and Android. Drive Weather. Download it now for a safer road trip wherever you go. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Trip Talk. Erica Nelson is an artist, educator, and one of America's foremost experts and speakers on the world's largest things. In addition to visiting communities with her own unique traveling museum, which acquired a permanent base in 2017, Erica is a consultant to cities seeking to create their own world's largest thing or roadside attraction to increase tourism, marketing, and economic development for their community. When not on the road, Erica and the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things can be found in Lucas, Kansas. Right now, she could be found on American Road Trip Talk. Erica, welcome back. Always good to be here, Gary. Even though we're not traveling quite so much these days, it still doesn't prevent us talking about all those great things to see out there. Gives us something to look forward to is the way I see it. I'm delighted to have you with us, Erica. Of course, once again, you're getting to be a semi-regular on the show, which I love. And you are inexhaustible as a font of knowledge about things to be found on the open road. Today, we're talking about, and this is based on an article that appears in the current issue of American Road magazine that Erica wrote. We're talking about Mitchell, South Dakota, and more particularly, a place that Suzanne Mitchell and I visited back in 2017. It is the world's only corn palace, and it exists and thrives in Mitchell, South Dakota. So, Erica, I would love for you to talk about what you wrote in the article and what you experienced and the impressions you took away from this unique location. Yeah, um, it's one of my favorites just because it's not just a tourist attraction. It is what makes tourist attractions great. It is a reflection of the place that it is and the year that it is. So the Corn Palace is a palace of corn, meaning that it's a building in downtown Mitchell that is completely covered in agricultural products. So murals and mosaics made out of corn and native grasses that change every year on a different theme. 
it's an extraordinary thing. And it's really, I call it kaleidoscopic, but it doesn't change all that quickly. However, it changes thematically and deliberately in a way that makes it constantly intriguing. Suzanne and I were in Mitchell, South Dakota back. We've been a couple of times, actually. When we moved from Seattle, we drove from Seattle to Sarasota, Florida, when we moved down here back in 2011. But we wanted to take more time having gone through Mitchell fairly quickly. And I remember, Suzanne, we said, we want to stop and see this corn palace when we make a cross-country trip, which we did in 2017. And we went to the corn palace and we did not leave disappointed. No, we didn't. And I wanted specifically to see Mitchell, South Dakota, because that's my last name, although there wouldn't be any relatives there, but it was still interesting. Yes, Mitchell, South Dakota, Corn Palace, I was all for it on our road trip. And when we went to the palace, it was much larger than I anticipated. It had a great gift shop. Gary, you bought a coffee mug there, which you use to this day. And the only thing that we should have noted on that is that it's not microwavable or dishwasher safe. Folks, if you buy a coffee mug anywhere that says not microwavable, they mean do not put it in a microwave. <laughs> so it's singed in this lovely a mural unto, unto itself around the uh, the circumference of this lovely mug is this corn palace in big letters. Well, it looks a little worse for wear three years later, but I'm glad that I own it. And I was thinking if we go back or if I go online to cornpalace.com, by the way, it's a great way to discover this place, cornpalace.com. I'm sure that you can order your gift mugs and other shirts, clothing items, paraphernalia, what have you, and just make sure that if it says uh, do not microwave that you honor that. <laughs> So, uh, yes, it's wonderful. And, you know, Erica, when we we took away souvenirs there, uh, Suzanne got a nice baseball-style hat. It spoke to the charm of the place because we've been to various places where we either bought very little or no souvenirs at all. But we wanted to have something to take away from this experience because more than any other place I can think of, the Corn Palace is the heart of a community, the heart of Mitchell, South Dakota. They will have senior proms there. They will have basketball games there. They've got the uh, the hoops and the scoreboard and everything up there in the rafters that they bring down when it's basketball season. And I thought this really is the heart of this community in a way that I'm not used to seeing living in the suburbs of Southern California or of Seattle. Oh, yeah. It's uh, during tourist season. It is a tourist attraction. But during the school year, it is the school gymnasium for not just the high school, but also um, the the Wesleyan school there. So it is a community gathering center. And during tourist season, it employs a lot of locals to help tell the story of their own community. The thing that really gets me about the Corn Palace as a part of the community, though, too, is that the um, the murals are designed, or they used to have an in-house artist designing the murals, but now it's the community college who has that as one of their graphic design exercises. So if you're going to college there, you could get to be a Corn Palace mural creator and have that a part of your resume. And even better, the corn is grown regionally. They've decided that because it's such an important part of their their life's blood in that town, 
they needed more than just a couple colors of corn. So the farmers in that region have grown specialty crops so that they can now grow a dozen different colors of corn to add to the murals. So it touches civic life, it touches agricultural life, it touches art life, and it touches that uh, commerce and tourism life, too, that really combine to make the Corn Palace a central hub of Mitchell. The day that we were there, Erica, there was some work being done on the outside with either taking some of the corn off or putting it on. I'm not exactly sure which. I don't know at what point annually that they change out the frontage on that. But uh, we saw the cranes going and a lot of activity around and people taking photos. And we were certainly among those people taking photos. I believe the year we were there, the theme was rock and roll. Yes, it was. And, and so each year with that change of theme, that's, that's really kind of interesting to have your primary building in town be so active. It doesn't just sit there. It is actively worked on all the time. And that has to be kind of different, too, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know anybody who like, you don't do that with stucco work. You don't paint a new mural every year if you're a town with murals. But Mitchell's Corn Palace really does. So it's it's like turning a state fair inside out and showing showing your annual butter sculpture, but on the outside. I thought it was great when we were watching that day, the replacement corn <laughs> going up, substituting ears for other ears. It was amazing. Now I I thought of that as Suzanne was talking about it. And it came to mind, Erica, that this would fascinate you, artist that you are, as a process where you keep something, in a sense, evergreen because of your constant attention to it. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's such an active part of art making that it's always about that process that I think also tells the viewers that it's real. So you guys just talked about this experience in such a great, immediate way it shows that this is, again, an active building. And you remember more about it because you don't just see it. You see how it's done and you see how it's undone. I really enjoyed being there inside and out. One of the things, and I should mention too, that when you go in, if it's something that's going to be a pretty quick tour, they do have a nice film with some seats set up there in a, a tiny pavilion, you might say, or almost like an anteroom, really, where you can sit down and watch this film to get the overview, and then you can wander through at your own pace. But what stunned me, Erica, was that I would look out at these corn murals not only for their intrinsic beauty, but also I was amazed at the way it told the story of South Dakota as an agri a rich agriculture sector, and also the fact that here you have a confluence of cultures. It appears to me, now of course, there were the so-called Indian Wars. That's a, a very controversial part of our history and a tragic part as well. But in South Dakota, there seemed to be this, this communal handshake between the farmers and the tribes in a way that celebrated living close to the land. Whether you were the white man or the red man, you had the territory of South Dakota and there in Mitchell going back uh, over a hundred years, you had that in common. And one of the first um, full-time muralists was a, a Sioux man 
So it, he really brought into the mural process uh, the sensibility of the people who had grown up with that land and with that product uh, and translated it into artwork that had a lot more social themes than some of the ones do now. But he was he was the man doing the work for um, over over 20 years in, in the 1960s and 70s. I also, and here I don't want to overpromise to those who would be tourists, and it's hard to overpromise about uh, this wonderful place in Mitchell, South Dakota, but I believe, Erica, if I'm not wrong, I hope it's still true today, I don't think there's any admission charge. Uh, there is not. So there you're seeing the heart of that territory in a way that celebrates community and their rich agricultural history and people coming together for this higher purpose and at root about survival and the celebration of that on the harsh plains. And you can do it free of charge. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's really a wonderful place to visit and bring your camera. They encourage the taking of pictures. It's just something that uh, it speaks to prairie mentality and that kind of hardiness of people in the Dakotas who they could have gone through all the way to the Pacific Ocean or up into the inner mountain west if they wanted to, but no, they stayed if they weren't born there already, and then they stayed to make of this a very lush place. It's pretty flat in the Dakotas, but by the same token, there is a richness of community and a bountiful harvest that they have to offer year in and year out. And one of the other great things about South Dakota is that it, it is this wide open space, but that also means that you have the space for your imagination to really dive deep into your abilities. So there are world's largest things there. There are people who are building big things along highways to bring tourists to their towns. There are fully formed artistic movements that come out of these, what we think of as barren spaces, but it's because they have this deep, wide-open space in which to fully immerse themselves. Uh, I've never explored the rest of Mitchell, South Dakota, so I'm curious about what else you guys found when you were there. Oh, I'm glad you asked that question because we were staying there for a night or two and decided we did want to see more than just the Corn Palace, and so we, we were really gratified to find that to be the hometown of one of the men who ran for president. And, um, and so the late great George McGovern, former Senator George McGovern, the Democratic nominee Dakota. for president in right. 1972. There is a museum dedicated to his life and career and also his life, uh, the life and, and career right by his side of Eleanor McGovern, yes. his wonderful wife, yes. two great Americans, in my opinion, two great humanitarians. You, you can see and you can read about George McGovern's early life in Mitchell, South Dakota, right? And this is part of Dakota Wesleyan University. It's in the library, actually. It's a section of their library. And when you go in there, you see a lot of campaign memorabilia, the, the buttons, the posters, all of those good things, all the accoutrement of what it is to run for president and also senator. That's in there, too. And you see the historical timeline of George McGovern's career. And in a way, by looking through the lens of his life, you see what was happening in America and all of the, the crashing waves of political sentiment 
in the 60s and, and then the, the early, early 70s there, yes. that whole time frame right there with all of the tumult it's very well very lovingly preserved there and you get a whole history class and it's the kind of history that compels you in particular eric and and being an artist i know you would love this because you know how to repurpose things suzanne was just thrilled as i was to sit in a couple of seats, the actual seats, the from, actual seats. from the Dakota Queen II, which was named in honor of Eleanor McGovern, his loving wife. George McGovern's campaign plane has this cutout, and there are seats there where you can sit down and watch, I believe it's an eight-minute looping film about his adult life and his career in the Senate and his run for president. I want to say there were four seats with a table in between. Yes. And that's probably exactly how it was on the plane, where he could sit on the plane and do his paperwork and things like that. It wouldn't have been like your commercial airliner with a little tray table that comes down. It was an actual good-sized table with four chairs but it was from the plane. In fact, they had a little window for the plane to, yes, to look did. out of. And so, yeah, the cutout was pretty complete, along with a video of, of his life. And, of course, a number of photos and artifacts and kind of the whole history, if you followed all the way around the room. And I was I was happy to see that. Also, here was a gentleman coming from not the big city, but definitely you know, a part of the less populated part of the country that was very interesting that he had made his mark right right there. One of the nicknames for George McGovern was the Prairie Populist. And that describes his philosophy of government and his, his professional life in politics very well. He was a true son of the prairie, a, two, a true son of South Dakota. And there was a plain spokenness about it and a warm, friendly graciousness about the man that is still remembered very fondly today. And I have to say, Erica, that what was true of George McGovern seems to be true generally of the people in that area. We found people to be very unassuming and yet very welcoming. They weren't treating us like tourists. They were treating us like people they had just met who might become their friends. You know the difference. Yeah, and that us I think also comes with welcoming people. The Corn Palace is in the middle, absolutely in the middle. It's the same distance to the high school, to the middle school, to the college. It's in their downtown. So they are welcoming you into the heart of their community. And it you don't get that with so many other places that are maybe on the outskirts or maybe develop just as a roadside attraction for the people passing by. They want you to come in and explore and stay. It's funny that you said not built as just a roadside attraction. We've been to Wall, South Dakota. <laughs> yes. Now, on the other hand. <laughs> on the other hand, here's an attraction built solely for the purpose of bringing people to that little town out in the yeah. middle of nowhere, really on the cusp, you might say, of the Badlands, yes, but specifically Wall, South Dakota, is unabashedly a tourist trap. They make no bones about it. They want you to come in and stop, have a meal, stay a night, enjoy yourself, go to Wall Drug there, which is a big emporium of goodies, and I'm a souvenir freak anyway, and so it's very good on that basis. But when you're in the area, and I would recommend this to anyone, Erica, if they're going to go to Mitchell, South Dakota, or really they're passing through, you might want to stay a night. 
and you, you can see all that there is in Mitchell, and that includes, by the way, the Mitchell Prehistoric Indian Village. That, too, is in town. It's an active archaeological site where scientists are excavating a Native American village. Now, that's pretty exciting. And then you go I've on to Walt. I've so much by just passing through. I've only ever seen the Corn Palace. And now uh, there's, there's all this history there that I've missed. I need to go back. Well, you know, if you're going from east, like we were traveling, we live in Florida now, so if we're heading back out to uh, the west there, we would be going to Mitchell and then to Wall. If you're leaving from Seattle, for example, there you would go to Wall and then Mitchell. And if you plan accordingly, there is so much you can see that you will never forget. Yes, South Dakota is famous for Mount Rushmore. We all know that. That isn't exactly in the vicinity. It's within the borders, obviously. But if you get to Badlands territory, there is a national park with hiking trails there it's it's just past wall you go to wall you're really entering grasslands territory and then you can make your way to the badlands and they have everything from a prairie dog town to every imaginable type of hike from the easy ones to long treks where you really need to be prepared it gets pretty hot there in summer and winter time i wouldn't hazard it you have to take your chances there but the the cliff formations of Badlands National Park are extraordinary. Suzanne was very patient with me because I had my camera, a couple of them really, there. And I remember, Suzanne, you stop, okay, take your pictures. Then we'd go to another section of the park, okay, get out and take your pictures because our time was limited. And how I wish, Erica, that I had two or three days just to stay either in the park's hotel and those, the facilities are lovely, but they aren't plentiful, but you can stay in Wall, South Dakota and be able to stay nearby for a pretty moderate rate. It's all right there waiting for you. Well, and that's, again, such a good point. Some of these places are built to funnel people through, but you don't really get a flavor of a community unless you go ahead and do the tourist attraction, but stay a little longer and see where the locals will point you to because they're the ones who know where the real dinosaur tracks are. They're the ones who know who's still making their pie crust with lard. Yeah, <laughs> and letting them cool on the windowsill. <laughs> that is excellent. That's Plains Living and Plain Living. And you're surrounded, you find it. First of all, it's not crowded. I've never been any part of South Dakota, even going to Mount Rushmore, where I really felt like I was hemmed in, quite honestly. there. But the people there are warm, they are friendly, and they love to talk about not just the attractions, but the history of their state. So I am definitely sold on South Dakota as a tourist destination. And for road trippers, I mean, if you're going to be in the middle of the country from point A to point Z, wherever you're headed, it's well worth stopping either for a few hours or a few days. You will not be bored. And naturally socially distanced. That's right. For the time being, anyway, that's for darn sure. Well, this is really, a, a, it's a great reminiscence for Suzanne and myself, Erica. I just love that you got that assignment and paid really a due respect and, and loving respect at that to the Corn Palace because you're seeing how people on the plains make art happen. And I just figured an article like that would be coming from you because you have such a keen eye for the culture represented in artistic form. You're a pro at that yourself. 
Well, and once you spot it and dig a little deeper into it, the stories that emerge are just fascinating, as I'm sure you guys got to experience there in Mitchell. Yes, and we certainly hope to experience that again. If, if it's going to be the piggy in the middle uh, state or one of them, then we want to make sure that uh, we don't cheat ourselves out of the experiences to be had there. Very highly recommended. Erica, I want to thank you for joining us once again. I see you every time we go around the corner, around the bend, there's Erica with another story to tell. It's always a delight to visit with you, and I can't wait to see what we'll be discussing next time you're on Trip Talk. Yes, it's always fun to tell stories, and I'm glad I got to hear some of your and Suzanne's travels as well. We're getting nostalgic at the same time that we're itching to get out on the road again. We look forward to that very soon. In the meantime, we'll be dreaming about it in our socially distanced way. Thank you, Erica, for being with us today. Yep. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here is a word about alert drops. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called alert drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and alert drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you're studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertdrops.com. Very important. Go to alertdrops.com and stay safe. The first stop on any Utah road trip, utah.com. Utah.com has itineraries for every corner of the state. Discover where you can drive under a vibrant vermilion arch. Find a turquoise lake and the best raspberry shakes around. Or marvel at Aspen's aglow in autumn. Wherever you go, the drive is as awesome as the destination. So throw your bag in the boot of your Beetle or pack the snacks in your mini Winnie and hit the road with tips from the crew at utah.com. Thanks for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next week, dream well and drive safely on the American road.